Hey friends, it's Mark James. What is up? What's up on today? Today is Sunday. Oh, guess what I've done today? <laughs> nothing at all. Literally nothing. I woke up at 11, bizarrely. Very, very late for me, that. I'm not sure why. I think I was up playing Call of Duty till about 1 or 2 o'clock. But um, I woke up at 11 and I came downstairs. Sarah and Joshua were getting dressed to go out into town for a walk. I was going to walk. I have three friends that I play Call of Duty with quite regularly. But they weren't all on at the same time. So I played with one. And as he was leaving, we have like a group on Facebook. Uh, a message group, not a page. And one of them messaged me saying... Um, Oh, is anyone on? Well, they messaged the group saying, is anyone on? And I put, yeah, I'll stay for a couple. So I played with him for ages. And then when he went, the other one came. And then when he went, the first one came back. <laughs> so I basically played Call of Duty for about six hours today. Oh, no, I had a break in the in the middle for an hour and did a little bit of work. But, um, I mean, I'm getting obsessed with that game. I do have a problem with addiction. I get addicted to all sorts of things. I've talked about this before, I think. I think that it, it's not that I ever give up addictions. It's that I just get addicted to the opposite of it. So it's the same with weight loss and stuff. You know, I get addicted to certain foods and then I just get addicted to not eating at all for a bit. It's probably, there's probably a name for it. I think Freddie Flintoff did a show about it. My friend said that um, that behavior of being addicted to a thing and then suddenly starving yourself for days on end was classified as bulimia. Now, I don't suppose I look like what you would suggest, what you would imagine that a bulimic would look like. Um, you always assume that bulimia or anorexia nervosa or any of those things, the person would be very thin. But maybe you can have really bad eating disorder, but not be thin. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Because I definitely do have strange eating habits and I eat a lot put loads of weight on and then I starve myself for weeks or months and lose loads of weight. I don't know. God. Anyway, I'm 19 and a half stone. So that's where I'm at at the minute. I mean, I really need to get back to that 18 and a half that I was at two weeks ago. And I could do that in a week. I suppose I better get started. It's always tomorrow, isn't it? It's always manana. It's, uh, it's rough, man. I don't know. I think that, uh, Food has become my sanctity in this time of just being quite depressed. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm spiralling. And sometimes I feel like things are okay. But at the minute, there's not a huge amount to lean on. You kind of... It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because generally, if you... Even if you've got nothing, you can kind of hook yourself on the idea that you've got things coming up. But at the moment, in the UK at least... We're kind of very, we're tentative, aren't we? Today, tomorrow, there could be bad news. I've gotten to the point where I'm genuinely afraid to open the news app on my phone because the news so directly affects all of us. And I suppose it should teach us some compassion for the rest of the world in some ways because bad things are happening to people all the time. And at the moment, it's not people, it's us. And it's all of us on a grand scale. You know, every day you look at the news and you see that there's some sort of, you know, that the lockdown could come back and you think, well, that affects me directly now. Always. All the news affects you. It's really tough. Like I've done gigs the last week. I've got three gigs next week. I've got four gigs the week after that. And I've got six gigs the week after that. 
And if I do all of them and they complete, then, you know, I could potentially, between bits and bobs that are coming up, make enough money to survive into a couple of months of next year. But if the lockdown comes back and those gigs cancel, that will drastically affect... Because this is the strange thing. Even if they lock down for two weeks, the money I could make in those just two weeks may be enough to survive another two months. But... If the lockdown happens before the end of November or before December, then that means that I'm going to come up short by two months. That's the, it's like um, it's like an inception, isn't it? Where, you know, seven minutes in a dream is actually two years in real life or, so, or the opposite. Now, two minutes in real life is like a year in a dream. And as they travel further down into the dream states, a minute in real life becomes, you know, 10 years or something like that. It's kind of like that. A two-week lockdown would basically fuck me up for two months at the moment because I'm at my busiest time, October holidays. So I just am like crossing my fingers and staring at the diary and the news every day. And that does not make you want to get out of bed in the morning and feel positive. But as I said yesterday, because it was Mental Health Awareness Day, part of the reason I did this was to get these things off my chest and let people know that it's okay. It's funny, isn't it? Because there's this kind of perception of success, particularly in magic. And I'm going to talk about magic for the first time today because uh, a friend messaged me saying, could you talk about your influences? So if you're not a magician, some of this might be boring. I don't know. But um, it's funny in magic that there's a perception of people being successful. And I look at my heroes in magic and I think, God, I would kill to have that level of success. But then I also know there are plenty of people who look at me because and I wouldn't assume this because I don't have that ego for that. But there are plenty of people who look at me and message me and tell me and assume that I'm doing really well and wish that they had, you know, whatever career I appear to have. And I suppose I do some great gigs every now and again. But the irony is all the gigs that look great that you wish you know, that everyone says, oh, I wish I was doing that. Never make any money. You know, when you go to America to do the Magic Castle or the House of Cards or any of these Chicago Magic Lounge, any of these gigs that British magicians tell me, I'd love to do that. Invariably, you either break even or, if, in my case, because I always take Sarah with me, uh, lose money. So I don't know. You know, it ends up being a holiday that you get some of the costs back on. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. So I don't know. There's a funny, a funny thing about perceived success. And um, I suppose me letting you in on this, the whole point of it was to just say, no matter what position you're in or how you feel, all the people that you might look at and think, I bet they're doing brilliant. No, they're probably not. Everybody feels the same right now. So let's all try and stay strong, especially as well today uh, to my friends who are, to my friends who are out and uh, openly gay. Uh, congratulations to my friends who aren't. I just found out that today is coming out day. So if you are um, gay or bi or, you know, if you are a secret currently member of the LGBTQ community, I hope that you can, people always say, I hope that you can find the strength to come out and say what you need to say. Actually, I hope that you find yourself surrounded by people that that make you realize you don't need the strength that it won't take anything to say because once you say it all those people will accept you so if you're you know if you're keeping that secret to yourself right now try and just find the first person to tell and you know you might feel a weight off 
they might tell you. I mean, in my friend's case, Stephen, who I've talked to you about before, he had it as a little secret for a while. And he told me and I went, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've known forever. We've all been waiting for you to find out. And I remember when I first lived away from home, when I was a fun star, my friend Sean, who uh, I was living with, and he was very like, um, he had a very sort of, it's, this is, I don't know the language around all of these things. So I hope that you will understand enough of me by now to know that I come from a good place. And I think that it's a shame that we all have to say these kind of pre-qualifiers that, okay, I don't know the exact words that everyone inside of of all of the communities use, the least offensive terminologies or whatever. I don't want to trigger anyone. I'm coming from a good place and I am absolutely an ally. But my friend Sean, he had what would be considered very typically cliche masculine virtues. You know, he predominantly almost wore a rugby shirt. He always talked and, you know, and had very... I suppose it's what you would say, you know, when someone says, oh, I'd never guess you were gay. Well, that was it. And this friend of mine, we lived together. We shared the same flat and um, we, we used to, what's it called? We used to chat about everything. And then after about three months, he just randomly was like, oh, I've been really struggling to tell you this, but I'm gay. And I said, right, cool, awesome. And he said, are you not bothered? And I said, well, no, of course not. Why would I be? And he said, oh, God, I just was worried that it would change the way you felt about me or whatever. And I remember saying to him, if you should never worry about changing the way someone feels about you, because if you coming out as gay to someone changes the way they feel about you, then you need to immediately change the way that you feel about them. Because fuck them, you don't need people in your life who don't accept all of who you are. You know, to me, it makes no difference. And, you know, plenty of right-thinking people, or left-thinking people, I suppose, uh, feel exactly the same. So if you are harboring this secret right now, and you want to tell someone, and you, you know, you just want to be told that it's okay, drop me a message, I'll tell you it's fine. Um... God, I loved when I found out Sean was gay. I used to run around the flat naked all the time, try to get him to jerk me off. (laughs) I always remember one night he went, come on then. And I went, oh, I'm not really sure about this. And he died laughing. It was funny. So we had a right old time. Oh, I miss that guy. Sean, I don't know if you listen to this because we haven't spoken in a while. But if you do, um, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you Um, because we haven't caught up in ages. So yeah, I don't know, it is, apparently it's World Coming Out Day. Um, There's a day for everything now, isn't there? I wonder how many days overlap. I bet there's some great ironies in that. I wonder if World Coming Out Day also coincides with something that's quite funny in combination. That would be, that's worth looking into. I wonder if there's a, is there a database of world days, you know, that tells you what every single day's festival or ceremony or you know celebration of or commemoration or whatever there's got to be a list of them i bet some of the days that coincide are very funny together i don't know you know there's going to be some sort of like world meat eaters day and that's going to combine with world vegan day or whatever some things that seem quite opposite funny so um feel free to come out and if you want to come out to me I'm down for you. Let me know. Um, When you read the title of this, which is going to be mentioned World Coming Out Day, a lot of people are going to be waiting for me to come out now. (laughs) 
<laughs> is he gonna? Is this it? Is Mark coming out? No, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to let you down on that score. Um, I know they say don't knock it till you've tried it. I gave it a little try, but it wasn't for me. But fair play to you. So yeah, I don't know. I um, I have to say though, I do frequently find men attractive. What men do I really find attractive? I like um, I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt, the actor. He's got like a, a sort of boyish, handsome charm about him. Um, I quite like Gary Barlow. Um, when he, you know, in his older days, he was very handsome. I don't know what men do I, what do I find attractive? Joseph Gordon-Levitt's the one who always jumps out to me. Um, who else? None of the classics, really. What I like about Joseph Gordon-Levitt is that he's got a very timeless... I kind of feel like he looks... I always find in people... Uh, talent attractive rather than looks. I like him because he's very talented. I like people that um, kind of can do a lot of... Ah, oh, that's the one. It's Ryan Gosling, isn't it? That's my, that's my guy. That's who I'd, you know... That's who I'd flip the script for. That's who I'd... Uh, yeah. If Ryan Gosling said, let's do this, I might give it a go. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd say, can we try living together first? But uh, yeah, I do like him a lot because I think he's very, very attractive and I think he's exceptionally talented. He's in a band, you know, his name in his band is Baby Goose um, because, of course, Gosling. You should look up Ryan Gosling's band. I forget the name now. I'm going to have to look it up for you because um, I listened to them on Spotify and they're actually really good. Ryan, they've got an album and there's a song that I really like it. Ryan Gosling band. Um, they're kind of weird and they use samples and stuff. Ryan goes, oh, Dead Man's Bones, they're called. Check out Dead Man's Bones on Spotify, and uh, I'll tell you what song is great. Hold on, I'm searching now. I'm on Spotify. As we speak, I'm on Spotify. Dead Man's Bones, here we go. Uh, Okay, so their album, Dead Man's Bones. Um, My Body's a Zombie for You. That's what I like. The whole album is all right, but My Body's a Zombie for You on the Dead Man's Bones album with Ryan Gosling. That's really good. So check it out. Checking it out. Um, yeah, I'm just closing some windows here and I have to be careful because I accidentally did it on the recording once and had to start again. And it ended up totally the other way. So that's World Coming Out Day. Uh, I bought Joshua a Guatemalan worry doll uh, the other day. I was in this little shop down in Cornwall and it's a, it's a little doll, but I say it's a little doll. It's only like the size of, um, I mean, if you put it in the very center of the palm of your hand, you know, it's, it's only like that little middle circle of the palm of your hand. It's very small. It's so small. In fact, that it's stitched to a doll, uh, stitched to a bag, sorry, like a Hessian bag. So you don't lose it. And this worry doll, what you do is if you're worried about something now, as you know, we're not superstitious and we're atheist in this house. Sarah and I both uh, have no belief in God, despite both being, um, she just described herself as a god squatter <laughs> but I, uh, I I went to church and I played I played guitar in the church choir and I was even an altar boy when I was a little kid but um we're both not in any way superstitious or religious at all sorry Dave I failed again at uh, two days in a row I've tried not to mention religion but we bought Joshua with this uh, worry doll and uh, you whisper your worries to it. It's based on a Mayan tradition, apparently, which, you know, they were worried the world was going to end in 2012, and it didn't, so that maybe tells you all you need to know. But 
you whisper your worries to it and then you put it under your pillow and apparently um, it will alleviate you of your worries while you sleep. I thought that was quite nice, just a nice little thought because I don't think that the worry doll will work. I don't think it takes away your worries, but I think actualizing them, saying them out loud, speaking them into the world in the same way as I believe in the law of attraction, in that, you know, when you start to think about the things that you want, you're more likely to get them. So I think actualizing that and saying it out loud might help you to realize that it'll diminish the size of them. You know, when you tell someone else your worries and they go, oh, this will happen or that'll happen, you realize that actually they're often quite small. So um, Guatemalan worry doll, look it up. It's quite a, a cool, cute little thing. And if your kids get worried about stuff, I don't know, I, I see it as a reasonably harmless uh, crutch. I mean, unless it spins into making voodoo dolls and, you know, growing, uh, getting into all sorts of other weird stuff. Who knows? <laughs> um, I'm not going to fit in my magic influences on today's episode. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. But uh, I'll tell you about Sarah last night. Sarah went out with her friends, as you know, at three o'clock. The cl- uh, place is closed at ten. Um, she got home... And, well, I went out to pick her up, okay, I nipped out to pick her up, and um, she was in the front seat of the car, and she was lolling all over the place, her head was bouncing backwards and forwards, she asked me to pull the car over at a bus stop, I, she opened the door and spewed out into the street, <laughs> Then we drove up the hill, and as we went up the hill, her head like went back against the seat, and she was completely leathered. She said to me before I recorded, "You're going to talk about last night." I said, "Yeah." She said, "You better not make me look like a lightweight. I'm not a lightweight. I can hold a drink, which, to be fair, she can. She drinks me under the table, left, right, and centre. I'm the one who three drinks in. My face is flush and red. I can't speak properly, and I'm falling off my seat. She, on the other hand, is completely the opposite. She can handle a drink." But they went in this club, and because it was a birthday, I say a club, it was like a, um, a bar. They went to Turtle Bay and then two other places. But you had a book at all of them, and so, God, the problems that must have caused. Um, she, um, They kept giving shots to the table, but her two friends didn't want to drink them, and they were going, it's your birthday. So she kept drinking three shots a time in a row. And she'd messaged me while she was out. I can tell when she's at 70% drunk. Because when she's 70% drunk, she'll say, listen, when I get home, make sure you've had a shower. <laughs> so romantic. Make sure you've had a shower because you're in for it, baby. Better get yourself scrubbed up and clean because I'm going to show you what a woman is. That's what she'll say to me, stuff like that. Actually, yesterday she said, I'm feeling quite hungry. And I went, what do you mean? And she said, I'd fancy... I quit. <laughs> I quite fancy a bit of hot dog when I get in. That's what she said. I fancy some hot dog when I get in. And I said, hot dog, and she put a wink smiley. (laughs) What a chat up line. They say romance is dead. So I was thinking, right, let's have some of this. So when I went out and picked her up, I thought, well, this isn't happening. Then when she spewed out of the car door at the bus stop, I thought, this definitely ain't happening. Then we got in the house and she sat on the couch and I went to the bathroom and I heard a thud and I came back out and she was on the floor. And then she crawled from the living room with quite some, decra- di- some I nearly said disgrace. I meant to say grace and decorum. That's a Freudian slip, if ever there was one. Uh, she crawled to the bathroom. I think she vomited again. Then she decided to go to bed with the bowl. And when I came to bed, the bowl um, was not empty. And so she was ruined. She's 40 on Tuesday. <laughs> 
it's going well. But I'll tell you what, she is crushing it. She got weighed this morning. She's the lightest she's been in as long as I've known her. She's just started a new business, which is obviously going pretty good, the Curious Cake Shop. And she's crushing it at her day job at work. I'm very proud of her. I wish I had her chutz bar, but I'm glad I haven't got a hangover. <laughs> anyway, that's today's episode. Back tomorrow, friends. Bye.